Thanks. Now all that remained was to give my heart to Winnie. It's a Wonder Years Valentine. Look who Carla gave me. Carla's chocolates make my face swell up like a dead fish, but wasn't that sweet? And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Wonderlings, this is Angela Bowen, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. And today, I have a very special Valentine's Day Wonder Years episode entitled The St. Valentine's Day Massacre, Season 3, Episode 14. This episode aired on February 13th, 1990. On Valentine's Day, with Winnie upset at him, Kevin decides to spend... Kevin decides to send her a valentine to try and win her over. However, his plan goes awry when the valentine is accidentally delivered to Becky Slater, who then thinks that Kevin wants him back. Really, I... Why would she think that? I don't know. But we're going to find out, guys. So remember how the um, previous episode ended with the... I mean, it was back in season three, and now we're way into season four, but the episode just before this one, season three, episode 13, entitled She, My Friend, and I, where Paul and his girlfriend Carla have a falling out, Kevin decides to cheer Paul up by suggesting to Winnie that she ask Paul out, and it kind of blows up in his face, backfires when Paul starts to develop actual feelings for Winnie. And then at the end, Paul says she likes someone else. Kevin goes up to Winnie, like, hey, Paul told me. Winnie's pissed off, like, um, I didn't want him to tell you that. That was personal. Slams the door in his face, and then we see up on the screen the words, to be continued. Well, this is the aftermath of that. So the episode opens up on the doorstep there as Kevin's like, or Winnie's like, Paul told you? And then Kevin, of course, is like, yeah, he said you're crazy about me. He never said those words. I can tell you that very much. He did not say that. But I think Kevin's embellishing. And Winnie just slams the door in his face and leaves. And then we get a flashback to Kevin's earlier years in elementary school on Valentine's Day, just the passing of cards. So I take it, like, this is, like, you got your teacher, your teacher's aide, then you have an elderly lady grandma type that, is she just like a parent volunteer helping out with the kids? Is she a senior citizen that's come to help out with the kids? I don't know. But I remember Valentine's Day in elementary school, second grade to be in fact. Um, I had some Who Framed Roger Rabbit Valentine's Day cards, and I mailed them out to my, or I didn't mail them out, I uh, was doing them for my classmates, but I saved one special for this guy that I liked, this boy that I liked, like a, a really special one, like of Jessica Rabbit kissing Roger Rabbit on the cheek or something like that. But, and then, of course, when I gave it to him, things kind of worked out there. It was, it was kind of nice for the time being. Okay, so we see a young Kevin, and then I'm guessing this bespectacled boy is supposed to be a young Paul, but he looks older than what Kevin is supposed to look like here. 
This has probably got to be, what, kindergarten, maybe? But the boy who plays Kevin is played by Eric Lloyd, who looks to be about maybe three or four years old. And the boy who's plays, who plays Paul looks to be about five or six. Oh, this is cute. I like this. This girl goes to give this boy a valentine, and he just pushes the girl down. Okay, now I'm confused. I guess this kid's supposed to be Kevin? Then what is the Eric? Oh, oh, okay, I get it now. This is a progression of time. What the heck? Hold on a second here. Let me rewind this. I want to make sure I'm right. Okay, maybe that wasn't Eric Lloyd. It looked like it, but then why is that three-year-old in a classroom full of six-year-olds? Because, okay, so this is supposed to be the time period of kindergarten where we are first grade, one of the two. But then we do see Paul. He's the boy with the glasses. And then, of course, we see Kevin handing a girl a valentine. The kid who plays Kevin is such a cutie. Okay, so now we're fast-forwarding to present day as Winnie is getting off the school bus. So they're at school, and Winnie turns as Kevin comes off the bus, and she flat out says, I told you I never want to speak to you again. Why? Because he found you out that you actually like him? Girl, stop playing the games, Winnie! Kevin has worked so hard to get to you. And now you're just like, I don't want to speak to you. Like, stop playing the girly game. Stop playing the I like you, I don't like you crap. Because it's old. And Kevin has worked so hard to be able to get you to like him. Cut the boy some slack, Win. Come on now. So Kevin pretty much says to himself, like, oh, she was crazy about me. Paul said so. I was like, no, I don't know about that. But anyway, uh, he continues to follow Winnie up the steps. And she whirls around on him. She's like, you're, what is she, hold on. Guys, I'm going to play the clip because I can't do it like she said. But she um, said, um, she calls him rude, thoughtless, um, insensitive, and smug, I believe. It's like, yeah, the smug part I get with the whole you're crazy about me. It's like, eh. Hey, oh, I just saw Paul is like right behind them. I just noticed that now on the screen. Um, like I said, I'm going to play the clip, and I'll be right back. But as you get older, communication gets more complicated. I told you I never want to speak to you again. Let me explain that. See, I knew Winnie was crazy about me. She'd said so to Paul. But for some reason, now she was having trouble saying exactly how she felt. You're rude, insensitive, thoughtless, and smug. There. See what I mean? She didn't really mean that. Did she? Don't ask me. I got problems of my own. Carla! So, of course, in season three, Kevin's still got his Jets jacket, and Paul kind of walks up to Kevin as Kevin just stands there, and Kevin's like, she didn't mean it. And Paul just looks at him like, hey, bud, I got my own problems, and he calls Carla and runs after her. So we see Paul kind of head up to Carla, and Carla just side-eyes him, like, with an evil glare. Paul, what did you do? Why is Carla angry with you? But then again, these are 13-year-old boys and girls, junior high kids. So it could have been any number of things that Paul did that set her off. Now the boys are in class, and in front of them is pink and red construction paper 
with scissors, a pencil, and some gold and silver sparkles. Are they five? They're in junior high, okay? I don't remember doing any Valentine Day swapping, you know, handing out Valentine's Day cards in junior high. That ended in probably fourth or fifth grade. In fact, if I think about it, I don't even think we did that in fourth and fifth grade. That probably ended in, like, third grade. But then again, I can't remember. I want to play this clip because this is so funny. This teacher that they have, I don't know what her name is, but she sounds like really flighty, lovey-dovey. The season of Valentine's Day has struck her heart because she's like, we're all going to make Valentine's. And the class just groans like, are you kidding me right now? Seriously, we're going to make Valentine's? Well, of course, that's why all that crap is all on their desks. But, And by desks, I mean they're the large lab table, two-at-a-table type desks. So I don't even know what class is this. Is it chemistry? I see a bunch of jars on the on the shelves on the wall. Oh, what? It, I think it's art class. It's got to be art class. That's all jars of paint up there. Okay, it's art class, guys. All right, I'm going to play this clip, and I'll be right back. Things were grim. Paul and I had been set adrift in a leaky boat on the sea of love, or something like that. In honor of this very special day, we're all going to make some little valentines. Oh, now, you'll need construction paper, glitter, and doilies. Actually, what we needed were enlistment papers for the Foreign Legion. Man, you guys are pathetic. Look at you, tearing your guts out over a couple of chicks. What do you know about it, Hobson? I know a few things about women. You should do what I do. Forget them. <laughs> if I could just get her to talk to me. I mean, it's all just a, a misunderstanding, right? Paul? What's that? A valentine. For Carla. Oh, come on, Paul. This isn't kindergarten. She's never going to fall for that. You got any better ideas? No, but that'll never work. No, oh, Paul. This is the sweetest thing. Hobson is still here. This is season three, after all. He hasn't been shipped to military school yet. Um, <laughs> and he's looking at Kevin and Paul. You guys are a couple of fucking sappy pusses, right? Moaning and groaning over a couple, as he calls the girls chicks. And then he's like, you know what? You're better off without them, just like me, flying solo. It's like... You say something like that nowadays, people are going to be looking at you like, oh, you don't like girls? <laughs> like, mm-mm. So, Kevin's like, you know what? You don't know what you're talking about, Hobson. All right, just back off and work on your valentine. So, Kevin turns to Paul, and he's like, Paul, what are you doing? And Paul's busy. You know, he's making himself a valentine for, for, uh, for Carla. And Kevin's like, that is never going to work. She's never going to fall for that. And, of course, in the next scene, he gives her the valentine. And she loves it. She forgives him for everything. Whatever he did, he is completely forgiven. Oh, and she hugs him. That's adorable. What, is this outside in the courtyard? Is Yeah, wait, no. 
Wait, wait a minute. Is this supposed to be outside? No, why is that tree in the middle of the hallway? Hold on a second here. Oh, it is a courtyard. Okay, there's desks out there. What? I mean, I remember the courtyard thing from the rock and roll episode with Larry Beeman and everything. There's a little courtyard there. But this just, I thought it looked like the hallway with desks and a big fake tree. So Kevin's kind of watching this go down, and he's reconsidering, like, okay, maybe this Valentine's thing, this card thing, will work. And he sees one already done up that's on um, a bulletin board on the wall in the hallway, and he just snags it. It's like, all right, this is going to work just fine. And he finds this custodial closet and, you know, confesses his love to Winnie. It's a really pretty, well, someone else, of course, made this valentine. All he's doing is, like, writing on it. Oh, and it's, a uh, the sign that he pulls a valentine from is for a bake sale. So, Kevin turns to Hobson, like, hey, give me a pen. And Hobson's like, really? You're turning to, into a big plus two, just like Pfeiffer. And it's like, Craig, Hobson, whatever your freaking name is. Go blow, okay? Seriously? You're just dumb because you ain't got a girl. No girl will even look at your ass. Yeah, he finds a custodian's closet to have a little prime. And they just leave that door unlocked? That's a great place for people to go and make out, I'm sure. So I'm going to play this clip and I'll be right back. Like I said, pathetic. Look at him. It's embarrassing. Yep, but effective. Give me a pen. Oh, no, not you, too. Am I the last man left? Just give me a pen. Should have known. You're just as much of a doofus as he is. Maybe, but at least now I was a doofus with a plan. All I needed was a little privacy. A little peace and quiet in which to think, to ponder, to let the poetry in my soul run free. It was going to be my greatest literary effort. Dear Valentine, please forgive me. Love, Kevin. Hey, give me a break. I was only 13. So Kevin writes, Dear Valentine, please forgive me. Love, Kevin. Well... Like he said, he is only 13, so it's not like he's whipping out some fancy schmancy lovey-dovey words. Just basically, please forgive me, I fucked up, I'll make it up to you, all in three simple words, so. So Kevin comes out of the custodian's room, closet, whatever, and we see, what is his name? R-I-T-C-H? That's how you spell rich? I don't think so. In Dara, D-A-R-I. So it's just some really crappy looking red heart with Rich and Dara with an arrow going through it. And then what looks like little baby hearts stuck together to resemble a tail, which makes me think of an armadillo's tail. 
But Kevin comes out of the custodian closet, sees Winnie, like, and Winnie's theme is playing. And he's like, alright, gonna give it to her, gonna give her the valentine. So, he sees Winnie. Winnie, of course, is not smiling. She's not happy to see him. And some bespectacled, red-headed, freckle-faced girl comes up. Basically, she's Winnie's bodyguard saying, can I do something for you, Kevin? And I'm thinking, yeah, bitch, back the fuck up would be one thing. Seriously? She's got to have a messenger now? Oh, my God. Like, get the fuck out of my way. I mean, if I were Kevin, I would have, like, Seriously, push her out of the way. Like, Winnie, this is stupid. Come on now. We can talk about this. So he tells her, I have to talk to Winnie. And then he tries to scoot around her and she blocks his way again. And she's, I'm sorry, that won't be possible. I'm like, really? Well, I'm going to make it possible. And I'm going to knock your ass down while I do it. She she says, Gwendolyn doesn't want to speak to you. Like, oh, it's Gwendolyn, is it now? Okay. Yeah, well, you tell Gwendolyn. To cut the crap, seriously, let's let's be 13, mature 13-year-olds, and you as your bodyguard deliver that message to her. Guys, I want to play this clip, because this is freaking nuts. Oh, uh, okay, I'll be right back. Just giving Winnie or even talking to her is out of the question because this girl is Winnie's bodyguard. She's not going to let Kevin through. And this little boy, this little curly-haired sprite of a boy comes through the doors and Kevin stops. And this kid has actually got a little bow and arrow, kind of like a little uh, cherub valentine or whatever. Kevin stops them, says, hey, can you do something for me? The kid's like, well, I gotta go to archery practice. This boy, you guys may know him. He is Fred Savage's little baby brother, Ben. Ben Savage. You all know him as Corey Matthews on Boy Meets World. Which actually, it's funny, both Wonder Years and Boy Meets World, I believe, were both on ABC. So, Kevin tells him, the boy, can you please drop this off at that locker? It's like three lockers down from the, st on your left from the stairs or something. They don't have, no like, their lockers aren't numbered? Because I remember mine was. You know, give me that kid direction of, that would confuse the hell out of me. So, Kevin watches in horror as the kid puts it in the wrong locker. And he's like, hey, 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 no, no, no. You put it in the wrong locker. I said this from your left of the stairs. He's like, well, yeah, this is to the left, or my left, or something to that degree. And Kevin's like, ah, oh, fuck. All right. The kid's like, you know what? He tells the kid, we got to get it back. And the kid's like, hey, I'm out. I, I'm going to be late for archery practice. RFK Junior High has archery? Cool. That's awesome. Just seeing him on the screen, he is such a cute little sprite of a leprechaun boy. Adorable. And it turns out, because Kevin's like, hey, are you a 7th grader? And the kid's like, yeah, I, I skipped a grade. Yeah, he looks like he's like a 4th grader tops. 
He probably skipped several grades. He says, slip it in to the third locker at the end of the stairs or whatever the hell. And the kid's like, eh, whatever. Kevin makes it clear, don't let anyone see you. Um, Kev, the hallway is crowded with kids. I mean, he should have said, don't let my girlfriend, Winnie Cooper. Everyone knows Winnie. Don't let her see you. Okay, Kevin, I had to rewind this. Kevin says, the third locker from the end. There are lockers on the top. There are lockers on the bottom. Kevin, you got to specify what one, top or bottom. I mean, that kid won't be able to reach the top ones anyway. So he, mm. so Kevin sees him slipping in the wrong damn locker. Fuck, Kevin, you should have just done it yourself, okay? Uh, and the kid, is, <laughs> and the kid says, "I'm the stairs, and this is my left." Yeah, um, I. Mm, why did they let you skip a grade again? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Okay, your logic, little buddy. Um, yeah. You need to go back to fifth grade now, or whatever, third grade, fourth grade, whatever grade you're in. So I'm going to play this clip, and I'll be right back. Hey, you. Me? Yeah. You seventh grader? Yes, sir. I skipped a grade. Well, I need you to do something for me. Well, I'm kind of late for archery practice. But it won't take a second. Here, slip this into the third locker from the end down there, left of the stairs. Yes, sir. And don't let anyone see you. You got it? Yes, sir. Yep, where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> Any minute now. Hey. Hey! No! I said left of the stairs. This is left, sir. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Like, see, I'm the stairs, and this is my left. And never mind. We have to get it back. See, I don't think we can, sir. Besides, I gotta get to archery. Sorry. Okay. No reason to panic. I, I could handle this. So Kevin's like, hey, we gotta get it back. Because, like, I gotta get archery practice. And Kevin's, like, really, like, pounding on the locker, trying to lift the lever. It's like, you're gonna be able to open that without knowing the combination. Although that kid in the pilot episode had no pro or Eddie Panetti had no problem with like pounding on the locker, boom, pops open. You know what? If Eddie Panetti were that, well, you know what? No. No, he'd probably just pound the fuck out of Kevin. Um, I don't know what to tell you, Kevin. I guess you're just gonna have to go to history class and it just they're talking about the Hundred Years War. Kevin feels like this is going on for a hundred years. He just wants to get his ass back to that locker and try to get that Valentine back. Okay, so Kevin has no idea who even owns this locker. Yeah, he's gonna be in a world in a whirlwind when he finds out whose locker that card went into. So Kevin's just standing there by the bay of lockers, just waiting for it's the locker who the Valentine went into, basically waiting for that owner to show up. And he's just staring down the hallway, not seeing who came up behind him. Oh boy. And who is this? Becky Slater, his arch nemesis, enemy, ex, whatever you want to call her. So Kevin's trying to be nonchalant as possible as 
We see Becky, we get the flashback to when she punched him in the face after he told her, I just want to be friends. That was back in season two. And Kevin's like, well, there's this thing in your locker. And she's like, a thing? What the hell are you talking about? And he's like, well, it got in there by mistake. I kind of need it back. It's not going to go well. So I'm going to play the clip and I'll be right back. Right after third period history class. It's funny how the Hundred Years' War can take exactly 100 years when your heart's deepest thoughts are sitting in an unauthorized locker. The task was simple. Stake out the locker. Reason with its owner, and if necessary, kill to get back that valentine. Kill or be killed. Problem? Me? Not a care in the world. Ah, what did I have to worry about, really? This whole thing was just a little mix-up. Any rational human being could understand that. Unfortunately, this was no rational human being. This was Becky Slater. A face from my past. Right? Valentine, I need to get it back. Basically, he's about to say it's not, as in it's not for you, as she opens her locker. And now we actually get to see what's inside Becky's locker. There's a guy in a red suit with a black bow tie. There's a picture of a shirtless, long-haired, bearded guy. I'm guessing that might be a rock star of some sort. There's a picture of another guy. There's a blue flower power petal. There's some other, some black and white photos. I can't tell what the hell they are. They could be like pictures of her family or some random guy. I can't tell what the hell they are. So Kevin's like, I gotta have it back. And she just looks at him and she's like, I don't have to give you anything. It's like, fuck you. You're lost, buddy. I guess maybe you should have been the one to put it in that locker, right? So she just takes the valentine and walks off with it as Kevin's like, come on, Becky, seriously? It's like, Kevin, oh boy, you bit it this time, buddy. (sighs) 
Might as well just say forget it and make Winnie an actual Valentine that isn't shit. So now we're in the lunchroom with Kevin and Paul, and Paul is showing off the chocolates that Carla gave him. But being that he's allergic, he can't eat them. Well, that's got a bite, but... But I guess uh, Paul is like, isn't love better the second time around? So basically, I guess he and Carla are back together again, so... Maybe he feels like he's going to be more committed this time around and doing what she wants and just the sentiment that she gave him something even though he can't have it. I think the sentiment would be better if she gave him something he could actually enjoy. But Kevin's ticked off about losing that valentine, so he's just like, yeah, yeah, Paul, that's, that's wonderful, great, good for you. So Paul spies Carla and gets up and takes his tray over to her. They walk off. And Kevin's like, it's not fair. You know, Paul gets Carla, which will deserve as his girlfriend. And Kevin gets shafted because his Valentine to Winnie got shoved in someone else's locker. So, now we see Carla. No, we don't. I'm sorry. Now we see Becky Slater, guys. I'm sorry. I, like, just woke up, like, not even half an hour ago. So Becky decide, asks to sit down with Kevin. Oh, great. This will be wonderful. What the hell is she going to do to ruin him now? I mean, be, I mean, Kevin did break her heart, her heart and kind of use her to get to Winnie. So, I mean, well-deserved. But shouldn't she kind of let this chip off her shoulder go? Oh, I just realized because Becky sits down, looks at Kevin... And says, Kevin, I forgive you. Well, remember what Kevin wrote on that Valentine? It said, Dear Valentine. Not Dear Winnie. Dear Valentine. Please forgive me. Love, Kevin. So, of course, Becky is going to interpret that how she's going to interpret that. Like, oh, I guess maybe Kevin wants to get together. Um, he's with trying to get with Winnie. I, mm, I don't understand, girl. You're, you got your wires crossed. So I'm going to play this clip, and I'll be right back. Look what Carla gave me. Carla's chocolates make my face swell up like a dead fish, but wasn't that sweet? Very sweet. You know what? I think love is even better the second time around. Congratulations. There's Carla. Gotta go. It wasn't fair. Paul was getting chocolates. Well, all I was getting was... Kevin? May I sit down? Becky Slater. Out for blood. Sure. Sure, what was it going to be? Blackmail? Extortion? The way she was holding that note, you could tell she had one thing on her mind. Kevin, I forgive you. What? what? I didn't know you'd been carrying the secret around for so long. Huh? To think all this time you've been suffering. Becky, we have to talk. Yeah. I know. You haven't told anyone about this, have you? Oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. Of course not. Good. Now listen. I wanted you to be the first to know. The first, maybe. But not the last. Where are you going, Kevin? First things first. Right now, I had to beat the rumor ripple to Winnie Cooper before she got the wrong idea. Kevin. 
of course, like I said, Becky thinks Kevin wants her back or he forgives her or whatever. And the thing is, you think the smile is genuine, but to be honest, the way she's like, oh, I didn't know you are holding the secret in for so long. She's got a smile on her face, but guys, I think it's kind of vindictive. I think she's playing him. She's doing this deliberately to screw him over. So she thinks all this time you've you've been suffering. Like, no, he really hasn't. And Kevin's like, oh, we have to talk. So whatever's going on in your mind, it's not happening. <clears throat> now Kevin's worried. It's like, you haven't told anyone about this, have you? Like, her thinking that Valentine is from him. Because he's like, shit, if this gets back to Winnie, he is fucked. And as Kevin's like, all right, now listen, uh... She leans in and she kisses him right on the fucking mouth. And holy fuck, that is the worst thing she could do. Because they're in the damn lunchroom and everyone and their fucking cousins saw this. All of a sudden, it's a whisper parade. People are like, oh my god, Becky Slater kissed Kevin. I mean, on and on and on. And she knew what she was doing. She did that shit deliberately because he fucked her over in season two. And she's like, well, if I can't be happy, then Kevin Arnold is never going to be happy. And then in the background, we get this, it sounds like a, a rattlesnake um, tail kind of going. And Kevin's looking around and he's seeing all the people, all the kids in the lunchroom are whispering. And he's hearing Becky Slater kiss Kevin Arnold on and on and on. Oh, shit! <laughs> Winnie's in the, the lunchroom with her friends. And it's like, holy fuck. Guys, I'm scared. She's gonna. What is. There's a sign that just above Winnie's head that says K I S S I N G. Now, that's kind of. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Is that kind of ironic, maybe? I don't know. Maybe it just was a coincidence. She happened to be sitting right there under that sign. So now we see Kevin book it out of there in slow motion as the whisper trail telephone is going around the room. He's knocking trays into people's chests. Typical Kevin, I'm running for my life. I'm going to bash into whoever to get out of the room. Typical Kevin Arnold fashion. So now, and Kevin ends up tripping and falling flat on his damn face on the lunchroom floor. And then we see... This girl, we just see her heels, we see the red tights. Who is this girl? Is it Winnie? It's that damn bespectacled red-haired bitch! What the hell? Now what does she want? Oh, she says that Winnie has a message for Kevin. Wonderful. She tell him to go fuck himself? So Winnie herself delivers the message as she looks at Kevin. She's like, I hope you and Becky will be very happy together. No, 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 no! Sarah, no! That's not what he wants! He wants to be with you! Oh, I feel for Kevin. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. This sucks. And here I thought this was going to be a happy Valentine's Day episode. Guys, I am so sorry. I have not seen this episode in a very, very long time, so I forgot the outcome. <laughs> so I want to play this little end clip of Winnie coming up to him, and I'll be right back. Kevin, Winnie has a message for you. She does? 
I hope you and Becky will be very happy together. So now Kevin's outside of the school, sitting on the bench like a sad sack. Ugh, Becky! Go away! What do you want now? You just screwed him over with Winnie. She's just there to kick him in the fucking nuts again? I mean, shit. Okay, she sits down and she's all shy, like, Hi, like, uh, is she really being genuine here? I don't think she is. I, I don't see how she, she really thought that that Valentine was meant for her. I mean, come on. No, she is, she is fucking playing him. She is fucking playing him. And she's like, I'm so happy we got back together and on Valentine's Day too. It's like, just her, it's manipulative. It's, there's like venom in her voice. Just how she looks. There's, I can see it. Guys, I'm playing this clip right now. You gotta hear it. You guys tell me. I mean, what do you guys think? I think that Becky is just clearly always gonna be out for revenge. Always gonna hate Kevin's guts because of what he did. Nothing she says is sincere. I think it's so romantic we got back together on Valentine's Day. Don't you? I well, mean, who would have guessed in a million years this would happen today? Would you? No. Susan Beecham's having a party tonight. It's couples only. I thought you could pick me up around eight. Becky, stop! Oh, yes. I had to put an end to this. In no uncertain terms. I... I... How can you friends? <clears throat> Can't make it to the party. Why not? Well... My family always has this big, huge Valentine's Day dinner. A Valentine's dinner? Oh, yeah. It's kind of a tradition in my house. You know, relatives come, mom cooks, stuff like that. Yep, we all stand around the piano singing Valentine's carols. Well, okay. You have to be there. Oh, I do. Who needs a stupid party anyway? Huh? I'd be happy to come. See you tonight. And suddenly, I'd gone from head over heels to in over my head. So Becky's just rambling on about who would have guessed in a million years we would have gotten back together. So-and-so's having a party. Do you want to come? Kevin's like, uh, he can't even get into word in edgewise. It's like, I can't make it to the party. And then he comes up with this whole thing about oh my family every year has a big valentine's day like gathering with family and this and that and i gotta give it to kevin i guess he's kind of quick on his feet when it comes to making up an excuse he really draws it out too and that becky's like oh who needs a party you know i'll come to your thing and he's like oh wait what how the fuck many times do we gotta see this goddamn scene of her punching him in the fucking face saying, friends, I'll give you friends, boom! Like, we've, this is two, twice in like a 22 minute episode. We get it. She punched him in the face. He fucking broke her heart. Enough. And I don't think she's being genuine at all. She just does not seem like that person. She is 
got a chip on her shoulder. She's angry. That's going to be a great way for how she's going to deal with relationships. She'll be able to sniff that stuff out in an instant. Although, granted, we find out in this episode that Kevin sets her up with Craig Hobson. Ugh, gross. That's wonderful. This is like trying to see Nellie Olsen, mean girl of Walnut Grove, getting married, having kids, and all of a sudden she's sweet, nicey Nellie. And this, it's like this transformation from bad. I'm not seeing it. I am not seeing it. I'm not believing it. At all. Oh! Oh my gosh! Miss White or Miss Heimer or whatever the fuck your name is. I think it's Mrs. Heimer. Yeah, because she got married at the end of season two and this is like towards the end of season three. See, even he says Mrs. White and she corrects him. Mrs. Heimer. Didn't I say before it just sounds like Hyman? I don't know why. So I guess they haven't chatted in a while because she's just asking me, hey, hey, how's the 8th grade doing? Since she's a 7th grade teacher, now they're sharing those little Valentine word hearts. I'm sure none of those hearts say text me, tweet me, hit me up on the Facebook or some shit, whatever the fuck they probably say now. Okay, this is kind of gross. Do we have to sit there in utter silence listening to them crunch on those fucking candy hearts? Okay, this is going on way too damn long. Yes, it's only been 20 or 30 seconds, but that's more than, that's too much time to just sit here with no dialogue, just hearing people crunch on those candy hearts. So Kevin concocts a story about, I'm just worried about this friend of my brother's. Yeah, it, that's pretty much the go-to move. It's a friend of a friend. It's a friend. It's a friend of a family member. So basically, it's like you're pulling yourself out of the equation so that way it's easier to... for yourself, I guess, to accept whatever they're gonna... the person giving the advice is gonna throw in your face. Alright, so I'm gonna play this clip of Kevin telling her the situation and Miss White giving him advice. Oh, God bless Miss White. What... Er, See, no, I'm doing it. Kevin, uh, Mrs. Heimer. <laughs> Be right back. I needed someone with field experience, someone with insight into the workings of the adolescent heart, someone like... Hello, Kevin. Hi, Miss White. Mrs. Heimer. Remember? Sure. So, how's eighth grade? Yep, Miss White was someone you could talk to. Kevin? Something wrong? You seem troubled. What did I tell you about this woman? I guess... I'm just... a little worried about... this friend of my brother's. Is it a girl? How did she do it? Girls... yeah. See, she really likes this girl. Only can't seem to find the right way to tell her. Because she hates him, because he did some really stupid stuff. I see. 
and all he wants to do is apologize, but you won't even talk to him, so... My heart has never left you for a second. And I am, and shall be, the one whose love for you is without measure. Huh? It's from Rostand's Cyrano de Bergerac. Oh. Cyrano was so afraid of rejection, he wouldn't confess his true love for Roxanne. He chose to hide behind the written word, afraid to stand face to face with her. So many people would rather suffer in silence. So what you're saying is... Speak from the heart, Kevin, and never be afraid. And you think that'll really work? Hmm. Okay, if she was sure of it, I was sure of it. Miss White? Mrs. Hymer. Did it work out for them? Soon on, Roxanne? Eventually. What happened? He died, and she became a nun. So basically, he boils it down like this friend of my brother's likes this girl... He said some shit to her. He basically fucked up. Now she hates his guts. But he really, really likes her. So basically, he says, you know, he all he wants to do is apologize. She won't hear him out. She won't listen to him. And he, he basically just wants, like, what do I do with this? What does my brother's friend do, basically? So, Miss White says, quote, Cyrano de Bergerac at Basically, she says, my heart has never left you, and continues on with the quote. Kevin looks at her almost like, it's back to his crush again from season two, episode whatever, Armis White. Oh, I, oh, on the chalkboard, she has love underlined, then she has one, two, three, platonic, familial, familial, hmm. And romantic being the third one. So she kind of explains to him about Cyrano, whatever. Cyrano, I'll just call him Cyrano. Has problems where he can't get his words out and professes love to Roxanne. He kind of chooses to hide behind the written word. And if you're familiar with this story, there's a guy. Cyrano has a giant nose. He's embarrassed. So, the guy that really, like, looks good that Roxanne is into, they kind of help, the guys help each other out. Where Cyrano gives the nice-looking guy the words to say to Roxanne, because the nice-looking guy kind of is, he's not good with words. So, Rox, or Cyrano gives the guy, you know, the words to say to Roxanne to impress her and everything like that. And, um... Yeah, I guess Cyrano de Bourgeois just doesn't end well. He just... Basically, she sum Mrs. Heimer sums it up as... Cyrano died. Roxanne became a nun. I don't know what happened to the guy in the middle. Basically, she's just... Bo it boils down to Kevin. Just, just talk to... Or... Talk to Winnie. She doesn't say that, but that's basically what he's getting from. Is that he just needs to talk to Winnie... And explain things. Be honest with her. Share his feelings with her. And the worst you can do is slam the door in his face again. Or walk away from him. But at least give him the chance and hear him out for what he has to say. 
At least give him that. So now I'm guessing they're in the library because I see like rows and rows of shelves of books. And at least hopefully Kevin does manage to get Winnie by herself now. Oh my god! Kevin is trying to talk to Winnie and who has to come up with Beggy Slater? Damn you girl, go the fuck away! Go away! You are ruining everything! She does not want to see Kevin happy. She wants to see him miserable. Even adult Kevin and Daniel Stern who narrates him is groaning like, Seriously? Girl! Go away! When he just watches the back and forth as Becky's like, Hey, when should you pick me up tonight? Or when should I be there? When he's like, you know, I'll leave you guys alone. And she walks away. It's like, crap! He cannot get her alone to save his life! So Becky's like, Kevin, what's going on? And, well, he's like, you know, I gotta go talk to Winnie. And she kind of grabs his arm and he yanks his arm away from her. And he turns on her and he's like, that Valentine was not for you. It's like, cut the shit, girl. Seriously, you're living in a dream world. If you think that Valentine was for you, I don't want to get back together from you. I don't, with you, I don't like you. Well, she hands her back and she's like, all right. She breathes a deep breath. I will be graceful about it. Bullshit. She's going to slug his ass in the fucking stomach. I feel it. I know it. This is Becky Slater. We know how she operates. Oh, I guess she just walked off. Okay, he doesn't get slugged in the... I bet she's going to come back. So I'm going to play this clip and I will be right back. Woody? We have to talk. Heck, I couldn't have her living in a convent, right? I told you, there's nothing to... Then just listen to me, okay? Look. Kevin? What time should I be there tonight? Oh. I'll leave you two alone. Winnie! Kevin? What was that all about? I have to talk to Winnie. Kevin, I don't understand. Becky, that Valentine wasn't for you. I'm sorry, but here, I can be graceful about this. I stood there, my heart in my hand. It was time to give it to its rightful owner. Winnie, I don't want to talk to you. Look, Winnie, I'm sorry everything got messed up. We can straighten it out. Just leave me alone. Winnie, Winnie! I know you like me. Kevin, I lied to Paul. I did tell him I liked somebody else. He asked me who, and I said you. But I didn't really mean it. I just wanted to let him down easy. Okay? I never knew until that moment how much it could hurt to lose something you never really had. So Kevin corners Winnie in one of the library uh, library aisles and she's not even looking up. She's just flipping through the book, says, I don't want to talk to you. And Kevin's like, look, I know things are messed up right now, but we can work it out, right? So she just slams the book shut, shoves it back out on the shelf, and walks away like, you know what, leave me alone. He's like, look, Winnie, as she whirls around on him, 
He's like, look, I know you like me. And then she slams him to the ground, shatters him emotionally. I was shocked when I heard this when I was putting the clip up there. I'm like, oh my gosh. Guys, like I said, I haven't seen this in a while. And she, so basically she tells him, I did tell Paul I liked someone else. And I said it was you, so I could let Paul down easy. But it wasn't you that I liked. Yeah, she basically lied to Paul, said she liked someone else. He asked who. She said Kevin. But she didn't mean it. Okay, Winnie, you know what? You just started a ball, a ball rolling that you could have prevented this whole thing. Breaking Kevin's heart. To which she's going to break it again and again. I know these kids are middle school. I know they're, they're junior high. I know their minds that are, are not 100% developed. They're not operating at full capacity yet. But you don't do that to somebody, Winnie. You don't do that. If you like someone else or you want to let Paul easy, why are you pulling Kevin into this? Because you got him all excited. Like, oh, she likes me. And then, it, like, what? Why? Why do you hurt someone like that? I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy Kevin and Winnie when they're together together. But it always seems like it never lasts for very long. And I just, I don't like her in this moment. I don't like her hurting him. He doesn't deserve this. And I like the quote here from Kevin. It's like, I never knew how much it hurt to lose something that you never had. Just the, the possibility that she could have been interested in him. That her feelings, his unrequited feelings were finally met with hers. That she liked him the same way. And that's gonna hurt. That realization. Okay, seriously, Kev, why are you going to Hobson with your troubles? And, and Hobson, he's got no room. He's got nothing to give Kevin in line of advice here. He's not interested in sympathy. for He does he has no sympathy or anything for Kevin's plight. He's like, why are you so broken up about her? Oh, here's Hobson's, uh, like, hey, now you can hang out with me. Yeah, um, I'm not going to take that option. I'll take the other option. I'm surprised he didn't say, hey, Kev, now you can play the field like me. Being single and being with a different chick every single day or some crap. Like, I, I, I could see him because he's just like that kind of jerk. And Kevin is so much better. See, he, I'm so happy they get rid of this Hobson character. He does nothing but bring Kevin down with his attitude and his outlook on life. Kevin just tells him, you know, I kind of want to be by myself. And he just looks at Kevin and says, hey, you're hopeless. And I'm like, well, at least I'm taller than you. Because Kevin is a little bit taller than Hobson. I think he is anyway. Oh boy, looks like another showdown with Becky Slater. So we get a girl on a bike. Clearly it's Becky Slater. We hear the Wicked Witch of the West music from Wizard of Oz playing. It's like, yeah, she's gonna, like, bash into him with her bike. No way in hell you can go down that sidewalk without hitting a body. No way in hell. School is out. Kids are roaming. You can't just up and ride your bike on the sidewalk with the, like that. 
We even get the witch's cackle. Oh, this is hilarious. Kevin, get the fuck out of the way. You're going to get hit. Damn, how long is that sidewalk and how far away is he? She almost hits a kid with a lacrosse, with a field hockey stick or whatever that stick is. So Kevin gets knocked over and she ends up knocking over Hobson. Is oh boy. Ooh, so this is how they meet. Okay. I mean, they go to the same school. I'm sure they must have heard of each other. Oh, little Corey Matthews. Ben Savage is behind the tree. <laughs> oh, that's cute. So, it turns out Kevin's low moment turned out to be uh, a match made in heaven, as he calls it, for Becky and Craig Hobson. Well, you know what? The gruesome twosome can have each other for all I give a shit. They can be miserable and conniving together. Okay, Hobson clearly got shot by Cupid's arrow from that little boy, because he is love-struck. You see Hobson like you've not seen that boy before. And he's actually nice. He's not calling her a bitch. He's not like, watch yourself. He helps her up. Well, I bet everyone right now would love this Valentine's Day weather here in California, eh? Because it is pretty nice. All I need is light jackets on. I mean, think about it. Compared to the snow right now. This Wonder Years up sounds so nice. The birds are singing. I'm like, is it springtime? I'm like, wait, no. It's February there, so... Oh, I want springtime, guys. <laughs> Everybody does. Now we hear the song, What Becomes of a Broken Heart. Aww. I know. I awed. I don't know what came over with me. Guys, it's Valentine's Day. What can I say? Oh, Kevin is getting punched in the nuts over and over again. All these displays of love, kissing on the cheek, holding hands. Paul and Carla, the most amazing couple in the world. So I want to play this little clip of Hobson and Becky. I know, guys. I'm not a huge fan of them, but, you know, like I said, they can have each other. But I just want to play it because it's just so funny and so unusual. All right, I'll be right back. What are you so miserable about? Hobson, she walked out of my life. Like I said, what are you so miserable about? Hey, think of it this way. Now you can hang out with me. I don't think so. I kind of want to be by myself. Man, you're hopeless. And there you had it. Nothing left to do but wander on home and help Mom base the old Valentine goose. After all, my story was told. It was all over. Well, almost over. This is what she meant by taking it gracefully? I guess it was kind of a low moment, for me at least. For Craig and Becky, however, it was a match made in heaven. You okay? 
could use some help getting up. In a way, it was a perfect end to a perfect Valentine's Day. Damn, the way Kevin's holding his elbow. Damn, I hope he didn't, like, get it out of whack or something. Yeah, that's gotta hurt like holy hell. As he's gathering his stuff on the ground. See, this is where a backpack would come in excellently. Your books, your binder would not get mulch and dirt in them. They would be clean. All you'd have to do is pick your backpack off the ground. See, guys, seriously, why didn't they have backpacks? Kids back then could have used them. As he's pulling his books into his arms, that's when he sees the valentine that he wrote on to give to Winnie. So as Kevin picks up the valentine, he's looking at it. We get a flash of Winnie kissing him during the How I'm Spending My Summer Vacation episode. So basically season two's finale. We get the episode of... I can't remember what it is, but um, the one where they're at the ice skating rink and everything and Winnie's just hanging out. She was really cute. Remember, guys? Remember that sweater that she was wearing? Really, really cute. Sweater turtleneck. Hey, those are Valentine's Day colors. Red and pink. That's real cute. Also get clips of her writing in his yearbook. Um, and This one's got to be from the the woods whose woods are these episode i remember because he's like oh you're all sweaty because he's been cutting grass and then they say hey let's go up to harper's woods i remember that oh and of course season one episode two swingers oh they look so young oh now we just get little hints of smiles um the christmas episode from season two uh, the Cooper's Backyard Barbecue. She's wearing a cute episode, or a cute outfit there too, guys. Just a lot of smiles, a lot of happy memories. Thinking of Winnie. Oh, so he's walking down the sidewalk, and then we see Winnie, who's also walking down the sidewalk. And then the song cuts off as we get the two of them here. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, she's like, you're such a jerk. Like, whoa, where did that come from? She's across the street. Okay, so this is outside the school. Are they on the way to walking home? So he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, why did you have to go and embarrass me in front of everyone like that? Girl, you want to blame someone? Blame Becky. She started this crap. Well, actually, he started it by accidentally having that kid put that valentine in her locker by accident so that's kind of what set the ball rolling uh so she's just like you're just such a jerk and then to himself kevin is like all right it's time to tell this chick exactly what i think of her yeah good kevin call her a jerk or the equivalent female equivalent of whatever that is well don't call her a bitch but <laughs> so he just flat out looks at him, he's like i like you winnie it's like, he's confessing his love to you. And he asks, do you like me? Guys, don't worry, I'm going to play the clip. She's got to think about it for a minute here. <laughs> she tells him, I lied. Really? About what now? What, what did you lie about now? Winnie, why are you lying? Your lies are destroying this boy's heart. What's left of it because you've shattered it multiple times. 
so she said she lied about Paul. She what she said about you know liking someone else, liking Kevin. It was the truth. Wendy, then why didn't you just say that? Seriously, why are we playing the games? Junior high or not, I don't care enough with the games. Even Kevin's gonna, he arches his eyebrow like, um, oh, what? Okay? <laughs> why? So she does say, I do, I, she's, I like you. So, he goes for one better. He pulls out the crumpled Valentine's Day guide. I get her a fresh one if you can find one. So he hints, you know, shows her the, because they're still, you know, across the street from each other, kind of shouting back and forth. And she's like, oh, I don't have one for you. And he's like, oh, that's okay. And I figure, you could just hold his hand. You guys can just hold hands. That's Valentine enough. Oh, he's like, we can share this one. Oh, my heart's melting, Kevin. Oh, you say the sweetest things. Sometimes. Sometimes he does. So he crosses the street and hands her the Valentine. Aww. So basically, <laughs> instead of the confessing to love, he just says, Wanna study for our history test? <laughs> like, okay, it's a date then. Seriously, like, well, that's about as much love as he's gonna offer. What does she say? She says, sure. God, these kids are smiling up a storm. Oh, he takes her books. They hold hands. Aww. Winter air my ass, Kevin. You guys got like 45. 50 degree weather there. That is not winter air. You want winter air? Come to Michigan and you can get some nice single digits, teen digits, 20 to, I think it's like maybe 30 degrees out right now, but we still got snow. You want real winter, Kevin? You come to Michigan. You can have the snow, okay? Because I would gladly give this to you. So the camera just stays on the kids as they walk hand in hand down the sidewalk and the episode pretty much closes on that. I'm going to play the clip. I'll be right back. You're such a jerk. Huh? Why'd you have to embarrass me in front of everyone like that? Me? Embarrass her? I didn't mean to. You're such a jerk. Okay, I was a jerk. But I didn't have to take this. I'd suffered enough. It was time to tell this chick exactly what I thought of her. I liked you, Winnie. And furthermore... Do you... like me? I lied. What? About Paul. What I told him was the truth. I like you. This is yours. I don't have one for you. That's okay. We can share this one. There was only one thing more to say. The simple thing. The brave thing. 
the thing that was in both our hearts. Wanna study for a history test? Sure. Face it, we were a long way from kindergarten. And maybe we were learning that speaking from the heart isn't always easy. That afternoon, Winnie and I chose to leave those words hanging warm and unspoken in the winter air between us. But I think we both knew they were there. And we'd get to them someday. The thing is, we just didn't have to hurry anymore. So I think for the Wonder Year, the Flower Power episode rating, I'm going to go with three out of five stars. Um, one, definitely for... I like that Paul and Carl kind of got back together or, or however. That was really cute. Um, the second one, definitely little Ben Savage as the little Cupid boy. Very, very adorable. And then, of course, at the end, Kevin and Winnie solidifying their relationship. He gives her the crumpled valentine. They hold hands. They walk hand in hand down the sidewalk. Very sweet. Um... I knocked off two. One for Becky Slater. I just didn't find her genuine at all. I think she kind of fucked Kevin over when she kissed him in the lunchroom. She knew what she was doing deliberately. Um, and also with Craig Hobson. I'm so happy season three, like, we are done with him after season three. We don't have to see him anymore. They pretty much just give him a sayonara we send him to military school thing becky slater and carla just pretty much disappear we don't even know what happens to well becky slater comes back of course for season four uh her last episode is the candidate episode i don't know if she moves later on we don't really hear from carla after season three but um wonderling words of wisdom guys it's valentine's day today very romantic day you know for those that are together, um, for those that are single, just, you're going to find someone one day. I know that those out there just, don't just settle to be with anybody just to be with somebody. Just, and for there, those of you, it's just, the number one thing is to be honest, not only with yourself, but with, if you're with someone, be honest with them. Keeping the lines of communication open is really key also to having a good relationship. You guys, you gotta be able to talk to each other. And you gotta be able to hash shit out to be able to get to the good stuff. And that's the thing with the relationships. You are gonna have good days. You're gonna have bad days. Marriages. You're gonna have good years. You're gonna have bad years. It's all about communication. Commitment. Being there. The little things. The little things. When your spouse gets you something that you weren't expecting. Or just, like, rubbing your feet at the end of the day. Or surprising you with tickets to a concert. Or, or, or something to that effect. Or, or, or whatever. It's just... That's pretty much... <laughs> that's my Valentine's Day advice to you guys. That's, that's probably not the greatest. But, um... Alright. So, next week... Sunday, the next episode, which I did talk about on the last episode when worlds collide, we are going to be talking about, or 
I'm going to be reviewing season four, episode 18, Separate Rooms. This is the one, this, you know, like I said, the last couple episodes, we had a father-son, you know, Kevin and Jack. We had Norma and Kevin. Now we have Wayne and Kevin. Like I said, we have not seen a Brothers episode in quite a while. So this is just the culmination of the brothers. They're sick of each other. They've been sharing a room since, like, fucking forever. Wayne's getting older. He's in high school. He doesn't want to have to deal with Kevin. Kevin's getting tired of having the shit kicked out of him by Wayne and just Wayne being a fucking asshole. But at least at the end of the episode, spoiler alert, they do... They come together and they're there for each other. And that's what brothers, you know, brothers do. They're there for each other. They fight. They argue. But at the end of the day, they love each other. They're there for each other, right? All right. That being said, guys, have a wonderful Valentine's Day. I enjoyed this. Like I said, a lot of the episodes I watch at Wonder Years are ones I watch over and over. This one, I can't remember the last time I actually watched it all the way through. And I was surprised by some stuff. With Winnie saying that she had lied to Paul and said it was Kevin even though it wasn't. And then at the end of the episode, which you've heard if you listen to this podcast episode, she says, actually, I was telling the truth when I said to Paul that I liked you and mm. so that I was just surprised uh, but anyway guys have a wonderful Valentine's Day and I will see you on Sunday with a new episode bye bye